In episode 33, we discussed the week that was UFOs and aliens, initials game, calling your shot, a sweet version, and our second episode focusing on alcohol and the believer in Fix Your Eyes. Welcome to Six in the Mix. A band of brothers talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. Welcome to episode 33 of Six in the Mix. Uh, Just five of us here today. Uh, Ethan is still uh, working on some transition stuff. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix podcast, or on our Twitter page at Six in the Mix pod. And you can find our videos on YouTube. So please take a look at them there and comment as well. Uh, we just want to take uh, take a moment today as we are recording episode 33 on Mother's Day to wish all the mothers out there a very happy Mother's Day. So we are certainly very grateful for our mothers and then for uh, the mothers of our children, for our wives. Uh, they just do a fantastic job uh, raising um, our children and uh, we're certainly grateful to have uh, to have them in our lives and just uh, very special to see how God designed the family and what a, what a wonderful role the, that mothers play. And so wish, uh, wish every one of you mothers a very, very happy Mother's Day. And uh, thank you for all that you do. You are great examples for, for the children. All righty. We're going to get into, gentlemen, uh, the week that was. So here's a couple topics to think about. A derby horse was disqualified for doping. Look up. There's a rocket falling somewhere. Crypto's new darling Dogecoin or A-Raj coming to the Vikings. What do you want to talk about in the week that was? Oh, man, that's that's too delectable to, to bite into. Which one first? <laughs> oh, I love the Dogecoin, baby. That was I, – I, I can't believe uh, – I can't believe uh, Stephen Hawking down there in that I corner of my screen there didn't jump in on it. It's, what it what, Brian, did you not figure this out yet or, or what? Do I look like Stephen Hawking today? You look like <laughs> yeah, well, you do. You're it's not. It's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I'll be the same the rest of the night. Now looking at my my image and being called Stephen Hawking, maybe that was a compliment. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so, I I know you guys all. I think all of you jumped in. Ben's been kind of coy about his participation, but um, early on it looked dicey, and I felt good about not jumping in, and then I sent a text out when it dropped to 26 cents. I said, Hey, maybe I should jump in now. And it sounds like the thing is uh, blowing up. Right. So I, I should have jumped in when it was down to 26 cents. Uh, is it, is it at 55 right now? Somewhere on there. Yeah. What so happened? A- what, what happened last night uh, on SNL with Elon? What, what, what was the big to do about that? Did you, anybody? Oh, I, yeah. Somebody else have to comment. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't awake when it happened, but I read about it. He, uh, I think he made a joke early on about it. He was giving some to his mother, or his mother joked or tweeted out that she didn't want Dogecoin. He said, "Yeah, that's what you're getting." And then they had some they had some conversation during like the weekend update, uh, and and he kind of you know they were going trying to figure out what Dogecoin was, and the ultimate said it was kind of like a hustle. So it 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 plummeted like it it, it tanked hard. He said like, a hustle. Oh no! Yeah, it finished up as a hustle. Um, but he, he he knows what he's doing. It's it was a lot of hype leading up to SNL, so it was, it was kind of fun. Well, it, well, in honor of Dogecoin, I've, I've got my background as our uh, my uh, my pooch there up in the up in the corner here, and uh, and the friend next to him is uh, 
is in uh, is Larry Lama, and uh, but he's he's away right now. He's in uh, he's in an uh, we've had to take him away from from uh, Argo. So if you know what I mean, I, I don't want to know. Yeah, I, I think it's like, <laughs> uh, okay. Are you going to do a Hawking? Is this going to be a great, one out? Hawking, can you help us out? I, I'm clueless on this one. <laughs> Is this going to be a Price is Right advertisement here? Get your pet spayed or neutered or what? Yeah, I think that's perfect, Ben. That's perfect. Bob Barker on the show. <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry's never going to be the same. So we, 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 you guys, if, you, if you think about it, pray for Larry. I thought, I thought that was a sheep. I thought you were referring to all the Doge investors. I thought you were calling them all sheep. Oh, no, no. That's just his pal, Larry. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. long lost love okay well condolences to larry <laughs> right. all right so is minnesota taking aaron from uh from green bay what's happening here or is this whole thing a farce <laughs> brett far brett far brett far said it's not i know a farce. what brett i know brett, what and brett we all know said. brett far is the the one to listen to at this point right He's lived oh, it. He's done it. He's lived was, it, right? I know he's done it, but who was the guy who actually did the first interview? What was his name? Shetler, Scheffler, something like that. Adam Scheffler. I don't know if he was in. Maybe, okay, is he an ESPN analyst or something? Pastor Jim Scheffler, Pensacola. Okay, okay so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so I was talking to my, uh, some family today, and they said that, yeah, he just kind of threw that out there because he, you know, there was nothing happening. And so he just chucked that out there as kind of a bit and it took, and then it just has gotten wildfire. But I, I don't know. I mean, you should, you should see the angst that everybody around here is in. It is, it is crazy. I so mean, great, man. I'm, I'm it is unbelievable. Right <laughs> it is, awesome. it is. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. They're like, is he going to go to, San Francisco? Is he going to? You know, I haven't heard. I hadn't heard Minnesota. I've heard I Denver. Heard the, I've I heard, heard Denver. the Raiders. I've heard the Raiders, and I've heard San Francisco. Hmm. Cleveland so, is actually up there. I, I threw Minnesota out there just to just to mess with. Yeah, well, of course. Everything. I, mean, I don't think no. Minnesota's a real contender for him, though. I, I Kirk Cousins for a Rod, straight up. Kirk's got a lot more years left in the tank, so <laughs> um, Green Bay would do well to uh, take a look at that. I don't understand what these quarterbacks getting paid millions and millions of dollars have to have to complain about. I mean, I, other than the fact that what you want to win a Super Bowl, I get that, but that's, that's just the competitiveness of it. I, I just, I don't understand what the power struggle is. And, and, you know, when, it, whenever somebody says that, you know, they, the, the trade or something happened and they all go, go back and say, it's a business, it's a business. It, it all comes down to business. So whatever business that is, man, it's making this whole Wisconsin world, flipped upside down well i think i think you touched on it jeremy i think it is a little bit more about power this i mean he's got more money than what he can do with um yeah i I think he wants to have some control and i don't think he's like some of the front office moves at all um you thought they could have been used a lot differently so i think it's uh i think it i think that more angst and i I don't know him personally but it looks to be more of like i want to be involved in in some of these decisions and he feels like he's left out yeah and that's what's been talked about repeatedly around here. I mean, time and time again, you know, all our newscasts are either weather or Aaron. Um, and uh, that's about it. So isn't people- there some June 1st deadline coming? Isn't that maybe when the action's going to happen is right after June 1st, it changes yeah. the cap hit or something. Yeah. Something with, I think it was at this, the rate, the rate, the actual season officially starts or something in the new year starts or whatever, or something tied to that. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Ben. And I think, yeah, they're projecting something might happen after that June 1st date. If something well, I know happens. there's I know there's rumblings with all kinds of restructuring and you know giving them all kinds of new money and you know whatever. So I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm kind of in uh, Roger's camp on this one about how you know the Gray Bay Packers have not done anything to to build a team around them. I just they really haven't. I just can't believe that with that guy's talent, they've only won one Super Bowl. I mean, that's just that's that's unforgivable yeah. and i think i i don't mind and especially when he looks at tom brady going to the to tampa bay and seeing how that ended up man mm-hmm. you know i i can't i can't blame the guy for for wanting out yeah he's definitely thirsty for something and and like i said i mean a super bowl obviously but um i i, I don't know i just i i can't understand how front offices work, especially around the draft and all those things. It's so far, you know, it's so, it's so out of my league to know these players and know what, you know, all the coordinations and know the plays and all the things and how this personnel group is going to work with this personnel group. I mean, that is, that is, that is a hard job. I mean, it's got to be tough for any front office to do that. You know, I don't think it's that hard of a job. I don't think it's that hard of a job. I mean, I think they should call up Donnie Geisler and have them in charge of their scouting program. I mean, yeah, Brian, you, you can back me up on this. Up. I mean, let's Brian, you can back me up on this. I have called it so many times on so many people. Let's start. Let, I want to do the list. Let's start the list. First, <laughs> first player. First player I called out, Priest Holmes. I went and saw Priest Holmes Man. play at uh, um, it's still where was that? Yeah, still no, no, no. It was River Falls when the Kansas City Chiefs were doing their uh, doing their training camp in, in River Falls, and I watched them scrimmage against the Vikings. And I came back home and I was like. This priest home guys, this is before he set the record at the time for touchdowns in a season. This guy is amazing. Everybody, you better get him. Brian, did I not tell you that? Did I tell you that? Or was it? You nailed it. Thank you. Nailed Thank it. you. All right. That's just my f- first player, Priest Holmes. Second player, name him, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, Arian Foster. No, no. <laughs> Deuce McAllister. Deuce McAllister. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Deuce McAllister. I said, pick this guy up. This guy's going to be lightning. And he was for a season. <laughs> yeah. I want Matt's commentary on these these guys too. <laughs> I believe I picked Deuce over Priest uh, in a in a fantasy draft, and uh, that was like one of the years that Priest absolutely like destroyed it. Deuce averaged like you know ten carries for twenty seven <laughs> yards and. <laughs> You know, a quarter of a touchdown a game. It was unbelievable. Going down my list. I'm still not done. Just get, uh, okay. I'm not done. Okay. I got uh, Jimmy Graham. You know, I picked Jimmy Graham up in the third round of our, of our dynasty league. You guys had no idea who this guy was, right? You guys said, well, who is this guy? He's a tight end. I've never heard of him. Boom. Everybody knows who Jimmy Graham is. I've got uh, Randall Cobb. I've got in my pocket. I can pull out. I can also, uh, you know, speed this up here. I can go to Byron Buxton. I called him for, he's, MLB player of the month in April. Now, of course, Byron he's, Bucks. He's on the injured we'll list never, now, yeah, never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> I, what the, I can't believe. What has he got? A sprained hand, a sprained hip? How does that happen? How does he's, that happen? He's an elite. He's an elite athlete, man. Can't go running your fences Ryan, like that. Ryan, Ryan's probably sprained his hip before. He sprained everything else. <laughs> I did have there. I did have a hip injury at Pillsbury one one year. I remember I had to sit I had to sit some time out. I had a hip flexor. 
he reminds me of i remember the remember marion gabrick the one of the uh local announcers always because marion gabrick was always hurt every other month and he had this growing issue they call it the gabby growing <laughs> oh. he was out every other month I swear. <laughs> he's a hockey guy right uh, yeah yeah he, the nhl and he got that guy was you know one of the yeah. best talents around at the time i feel the same mm-hmm. way with byron it's like what are you going to call byron uh a Byron bruise or a Buxton boo-boo. I don't know what we're going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> this, this guy can't stay healthy. I just can't stand it. He makes bilateral <laughs> leg weakness look good. I'm off my soapbox. I'm done. All right. Good. Yeah. So I guess Don for Green Bay Packers general manager, I guess. is that's right. your pitch. Or scouting. I'll be in charge of their scouting. scouting. Catch sure. it. Uh, I I should be general manager because I tr- once Don gave me that tip I traded Rod Smith to Matt for Priest Holmes. And I had a great year. <laughs> are, are you serious? I got no recollection. I, did you do that? I did. Sounds like something you do. <laughs> yeah. You tell me I had Priest Holmes at one time. Oh, absolutely. And, and Don gave me that tip, and I'm like, okay, I need to try to trade for him, and it worked out. Wow. Man, I mean that was a, Rod that was, Smith. That was a religious experience, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Does yeah. Matt have all Minnesota Vikings on his team? <laughs> just straight up Minnesota Usually. Viking team. <laughs> I haven't. It's funny. I haven't done fantasy football in many years. I think since I moved to Ohio. Really? It's Is that just, right? Yeah, I haven't done it in a long time. I haven't either. either. You're yeah, not Ken, either. Yeah, Kenny has taken over our guest from last week. He's taken over Matt's team in our dynasty league and curses Matt's name every time the draft comes around. Wow. He's... <laughs> I get it the first couple of years. After that, he's got to take some responsibility. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, he's turned him into a champion. Has he? Did he did he win one? He did not. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah was it last season? He's the reigning champ, man. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> Can't say anything then. Well, yep, hey, that means leadership is everything. Go. <laughs> All I'm going to say is I set him up for success. He just ride. He just rode the coattails. <laughs> Toner's that. Who's that? Who's that uh, owner? That that gal. That that owner gal. That was. Uh, who did she? Uh, everybody be kind of fun of her. Who is that gal? Was she in Cincinnati or was she a? Hard shot. Hard shot. Yes, hard shot. That's Toner. <laughs> I thought Marge shot of dynasty football. Oh, I thought I was. Uh, I think Don, you called me that. Who was, was that Detroit guy that was just horrific? Was it uh, Matt Millen or? Uh, yes. yes. He was terrible too. Man, he drafted like you know eighteen wide receivers. You know, like for three straight drafts, they just got wide receivers. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Well, that's the kind of GM that uh, A. Rod is looking for. Is somebody that'll yeah, draft a wide right receiver? Go. Matt Millen. Right. right. Uh, oh man. All right. Good stuff. Week that was. That was a fun one. All right. Going to turn it over to Jeremy. Well, here's a topic that most uh, probably didn't see coming from this group. How many of you know the, the, the names of Art Bell or Jim Bohannon? Any of you guys know those names at all? Well, about 10 years ago, I had to pick up a second job. And I was working in the, uh, the graveyard early morning shifts of 1.45 a.m., I would get up and I would deliver a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and I had about 400 deliveries on my route, and I had a car 
that would only play AM radio. And so I listened to the local radio station, AM 1450, KFIZ. It's a great station. I listen to it still. It's my, it's my top station. Talk radio here in, in uh, the town I live in. Anyway, in the middle of the night, okay, there are talk shows that go literally, it's, it's called Coast to Coast, and they talk about some of the most ridiculous things in the world. It's all conspiracies. It's about Bigfoot. It's about Sasquatch. It's about all the stuff that goes on in the middle of the night and all these premonitions that people have. And these two hosts, Art Bell isn't doing anymore, and I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but Jim Bohannon has taken his position in the Coast to Coast series, and he lets this stuff fly. It is absolutely hilarious. And they do talk about conspiracy theories. They talk about extraterrestrial life. And I was amazed at how many people actually called in and talked for hours about this stuff. They stay up to listen and, you know, just come into the show. It's amazing. But um, so the question is today, uh, we're going to answer two questions. Number one, are UFOs legitimate? And the second one, are aliens legit? Are, are, are they in existence? And so I, I'm not going to let these guys go first. I'm going to take first shot at it since I introduced this. And, and I know Ben's got, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a thought here about answers, you know, or questions.org or whatever. And he can read some of that. That might be funny. Uh, however, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to say aliens. No, don't believe in it. Don't see it. Don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping on that train, but UFOs, however, I am, I am a believer and I'll tell you why. It wasn't even, it wasn't even by my, um, by my firsthand experience. This is what my dad saw when he was about 10 years old. He was doing a paper out, interestingly enough, and he saw a UFO come and land out in the desert of Arizona. It, it hovered and then it took off again. He knows it was real. He saw it. He didn't see anybody come up or, or out of it or, or uh, no ladder or, you know, whatever. It was, there were bright lights and he saw a saucer that came down, hovered over the field and took off again. And uh, so because of the testimony of me, Papa, I believe in them. I think they're legitimate when people, you know, catch them on the uh, screens and all these people see triangles in the sky and all that stuff. And they get a, you know, this blurry photo of it. Now I understand we've got cameras that can, you know, cruise in on anything, but when it's UFOs, it doesn't. Anyway, all that to say, I'm a believer. I am a believer. So with that said, I'm going to kick it to Don and I'm going to, I'm going to listen to his, his ideas here about UFOs and aliens. So Don, tell us what you, what you got. Okay. Well, first of all, I've got to uh, ask if what if if in your clarification here. So you believe in UFOs, but you don't believe in aliens. So right. who do you, who do you suspect is flying these UFOs? Is it like well, JFK Junior or what? Wait, what, what? Who is it? No, I I, I think Jr. it's I think it's I think it's you know um, different militaries around the world or maybe private enterprise. Um, but I think they're I think they're um, you know human occupied, and I think uh, that. They're they're legit. I do not think aliens are inside these UFOs. Okay. Okay. So you so think, think they're that, all human? I, I think so. You all human so you consider there's this remote this, remote okay. controls could 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 be completely flying remote. Yeah. Okay. 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 Fair enough. 
Okay. Yeah. I just, I guess I've never really thought of UFOs being separate from aliens. Um, but, uh, but okay. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. No. I, sp- I split the hair. There it okay. is. That's what I, that's what I think. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I love science fiction. I love looking into this stuff and talking about it and hearing about it and reading about it. Um, in fact, I just watched a documentary on Amazon that I highly recommend everybody go take a look, check out. It's called the phenomenon. And uh, it was, it's out on Amazon. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it presents a case for UFOs or aliens, what have you um, with some of this new newly revealed classified information that apparently the government is putting out or something like that. Now, do I believe in aliens? No, I don't believe in aliens. I would love to. I wish I, I'd want, I kind of want to believe in aliens because I think it's, it's, you know, just for the, for the novelty of it and, and, and stuff. But, and, but, uh, but I don't believe in aliens. No. Um, in fact, I think it, I don't know. And maybe Brian, you can back me up on this. Um, but I think it was the Steve Day show um, that talks about aliens a little bit. And they have the take that aliens are um, some type of form of demonic activity. And think about it. If aliens, if we, if the devil can convince us that there are aliens out there instead of a heavenly realm, how, how, you know, why not? That's, that's, that's a pretty good game plan. Game plan, I would think, you know, and, and confuse us and, and completely take us off, you know, take our, take our focus off of what, what's really out there in the, in the heavenly realms. Is it aliens or is it actually a a sovereign God, you know, that's controlling everything. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I just heard this a couple, like a couple months ago, this, this idea floated. And I don't know if Ryan, if you've heard that, I know you're kind of a, uh, you've listened in on some of the Steve Dace stuff. I don't know if you've heard that either, but, but that, that kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, kind of made me want to, dig into that a little bit deeper. So that's my stand. Okay. All right. So Ryan, he, he, he talked about you a little bit. So let, why don't you go next? Yeah, I, I think where I'm at, I'll just take a little broader lens to this conversation. And obviously as Christians, we, we want to look to see what the Bible says about things first. And I don't, I don't see any indication in the Bible that there, there is life on other planets, but does it necessarily say there isn't life on other planets? And I know you guys poke fun at me sometimes when I bring up my uh, COVID YouTube guy, Dr. Z, but he shared a little bit about his alt-middle perspective, which means we all have our, our preconditioned beliefs or, or biases. And an alt-middle perspective allows us to, if we're presented with evidence, will we consider it no matter what our, our uh, pre-rational beliefs are, our, our biases are. And I, I think this, this topic falls into that category for me. I, I, I don't know because I don't think the Bible is clear on it, what, what's going on outside of the world. It does appear based upon some of the videos that have been released by the government and even what Jeremy alluded to, that there are some really interesting things happening. Now, I like the idea Don posed earlier about JFK Jr. being a pilot. I kind of like the idea of Amelia Earhart <laughs> being a pilot of one of these things too. How about so Elvis? They, yeah potentially <laughs> hitler i don't know i mean there there are a lot of options out there i suppose that could, that could be driving these crazy objects and i think 
as I was looking into this, there's a new term. They, they're not called UFOs anymore. They're called UAP, right? Um, unidentified aerial phenomena, I, I think is one of the more recent uh, slogans for whatever we see up in the sky. So that's, and what, a, that's a nice repackaging. Nice. Okay. Yes. And, and what Don was talking about, I, ha, I have not seen um, Dace talk about that. He, he probably did. I just haven't seen it. Um, but I have heard as I, as I listen to people who try to think biblically about these things. Yeah. They, they can say, well, God could be um, showing us things to just get, get us ready for things that could be forthcoming. Uh, it could be a demonic force uh, that, you know, God and things with a spiritual nature do things outside of the human realm. Yeah, it could be either option. So it's kind of hard. We don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, whatever's going on here. But yeah, I, I agree with those of you who say aliens. I, I think based upon all the work we've done in space so far that we haven't seen any type of life form, I, I, I don't think they exist. But these UAPs, I do believe... Uh, I think there will be more information coming out about that. Um, so that's where I'm at on this topic. I'm, I'm open. I'm open to consideration. I, I don't have um, a closed mindset on it. Um, but it's it's an interesting topic because I think we all we talked about last week with alcohol what we all grew up believing, and I think we're probably all similar. And yeah, that's a farce. And I think in academia, it's a farce for many ac folks in academia at this time too. But maybe with the release of more video, we'll, we'll find out something something weird is really happening out, out there. But whether it's good or evil, I have no idea. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to your next Dr. Z and, and uh, somebody who's going to talk about that and um, that you can latch on to and then, you know, send us the links to that. We'll watch it and become believers. All right, Ben, I see you smiling. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I guess I, I haven't spent a great deal of time contemplating this over the course <laughs> of my life, but I guess a couple of things strike me. First, I, you know, kind of down the road Don was going, I wonder if there are just times where kind of that on-scene part of the world is temporarily seen, you know, the supernatural, the the heavenly realm and the evil forces in the, the world is just possibly temporarily seen um you know that that seems to make some sense to me you know i was thinking about actually i asked um jill and the boys what their thoughts on it were and you know we just kind of talked about when you read through the bible and kind of see um see the story of jesus and everything in the bible can you imagine god doing something like that on an in another place in the universe no i i can't and so you know, I certainly wouldn't, say, in my opinion, I certainly wouldn't say that there would be aliens out there that would be any type of, um, you know, anything more than than perhaps finding some amoebas or something somewhere else, but just because I don't think there'd be anything with a soul somewhere else that to me that that wouldn't jive with with what's in the Bible. So yeah, I'm going to take a no on this. I did as uh, we were given a resource by Ryan a few weeks ago of gotquestions.org. And um, so it talked uh, that there is one entry on aliens and it talks about it. And it kind of says the same thing that, you know, the Bible talks about the place that humans and the kind of the place that the earth has in the order of everything. There's some references to Acts 17. There, there's some comments there about that God made the world and everything in it, heaven and earth and 
uh, made every nation of men, they should inhabit the, old, the whole earth and things like that. So, you know, I think to me, there's enough I could extrapolate that would say there aren't alien other places. And um, yeah, if there's UFOs, perhaps, again, I would say maybe it's just a temporary period of time where there's some unseen behind, you know, behind the scenes, supernatural things that we get a peek at every once in a while. Good. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Matt, finish us out here. Sure. Yeah, I'll be short and sweet. Uh, I think, yes, unidentified flying objects are there, um, are, are a real thing. Um, but it's only because we haven't been able to identify them. We don't have the knowledge as to what they are. You know, as men and women, we are finite creatures. So we see things or something appears on a video. We don't necessarily know what it is. So until it's identified, I believe it is a UFO, right? I mean, what else would you call it? Um, or, you know, Ryan's UAP, which is what division three college in upper Pennsylvania or something like that. Um, anyway, <laughs> call it whatever you want to. Um, yeah, from an alien side, I'm, I'm decidedly no against that. Uh, I, I, I don't believe so. Um, and if it is, I don't, you know, I don't think we'll ever, we'll ever reach them. I do. I will say some of my favorite aliens are in the, uh, the Marvel series. Um, there are some pretty fantastic people in that, uh, in, uh, in the Marvel universe that, uh, that it would, it would excite me if they were real. I wouldn't mind if Thor was real. He'd, he'd be a good friend to have, uh, for sure. Uh, Thanos, not so much, but, uh, definitely Thor. <laughs> a little bit of Groot would be all right with me too. So I am Groot. Uh, <laughs> hey, wow. I, I have one, I have one question. Just, I want to do a quick poll on this topic with you guys. If we find out there is something out there, and the people that find that out for us are part of the Space Force, will Donald Trump win a Nobel Peace Prize? No. He's, who's, Donald, he's, who's Donald Trump? Yeah, right, right. He's canceled. <laughs> I haven't seen him on Facebook him. recently. He's not real, apparently. I thought he started, I thought he started another branch he, of our He military. did start Space Force. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think it's uh, legit. I think it's yeah. a legit question. I don't know. I don't know. But, then, but that would be Jesus Christ would have had to die, would have had to die for these aliens too, right? Or did he not die for them? Yeah, it's well, it's incongruent I, with I, he died I, once for all. Yeah, you know? I, I again I'm I, I'm having a lot of doubts about aliens, but what if there's I don't know a place out there that's where Amelia Earhart and JFK Jr. live and they they come to Earth and we find that out. So these aren't aliens, but you know. Do you think oh. Ponce de Leon like you know bottled up his uh, fountain of youth and then all these people who died drank it or what? Cryogenically well, frozen. Or is it is it like a parallel world? Like they got sucked go. into That's a parallel I was world. I love it. It's, like, oh, strange, it's like Stranger Things or something. Oh, right there. Well, Ryan, thank you for asking that poll question that none of us answered. Um, that was <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for the part. All right, moving on to the initials game. Don, it's all you. <laughs> all right. Don't laugh at me, guys. I gotta put my spectacles on. Oh, mine too. <laughs> old men. Old man, old men. I'm, I, uh, that's, uh, I'm tired of. I'm tired. Your eyes are tired, man. I'm tired. I got. I've, I've had it all. All right. All right. So last week, did, what happened last week? Ryan won, right? 
I was just yes, the, the mob was cheering for Jeremy, but I won. That's fair. Right. Jeremy, Jeremy made a Jerry made a run on him. I did. All right. Do we right. Have it was a, the one in, it was the Dogequin run. It was do we have an overall standings review? Do we know where we're at? Well, I know Ben has won uh three. Ryan has won one, two, three. Is that right? Three. Matt has won one. I've got three, three, one. I think Ethan didn't Ethan. Oh yeah, Ethan. One? Yeah, I got Ethan in there as one. You know Who, who's Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and of course, if we count the lost episode, I mean, then Ben would be up one. So, but I'll leave the lost episode. Oh, the lost episode. I've been in a drought lately, though, so I got to get back on track yeah. tonight. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, Sounds like Don might have teed this one up for you, though. I've got the I've got the committee watching this one. Very I got my four leaf clover on tonight. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The initials for tonight are H M H M. All right. Hockey, Holy moly. Stephen Hawking, let's keep your clothes on, okay? Yes, right, right. Yes, what's happening what on this? I've got a clover on my Easy. shirt, too. Oh, I was just oh, showing my oh, clover, man. Wait, okay, okay. Oh, Is that what you showed? Okay. Because okay. I bleed green. Stephen Hawking bleeds green. So, <laughs> anyway, back to my pose. Put your bed on later, back up. Right, right. All right. Uh, item number one for HM. Clue number one had a connection to Star Trek in 1979. Clue number two. The original concept was created in Guatemala. Clue number three. In some countries, it is called Cajita Feliz. Clue number four. In the past, it has it had connections to Sing, Trolls, and the Lego movie. Clue number five. It includes meat. Clue number six. It has a handle in the form of two arches. Matt? Go ahead, Matt. Hand, hamburger McDonald's? Nope, ben. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Ben. Okay, go ahead, Ben. Happy meal. Ah, that's correct. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ah. Matt was on the right track, but yeah, it is Happy Meal. Happy Meal. It had a connection to Star Trek. What was that? They they yeah, had a it, toy. Or it was. I think it was in uh, one of those. Uh, the the one of the the first movies that they made. They they put a little oh. uh, McDonald's plug in there somehow. Hmm. All right. Wow. Ben's on the board. 
item number two. <laughs> Should Matt get half a point since you could get a McDonald's Happy Meal that has a hamburger in it? I'll send him. Uh, I'll send him a Happy Meal uh, later. later yeah, <laughs> uh, ten cents off my next Happy Meal purchase. Shocker <laughs> that Ben got the first one right. The committee is on high alert now. <laughs> right. I, I waited till you guessed, Matt. I waited till after you guessed. Yeah, it's all it's all a big conspiracy. I, I understand. <laughs> All right, item number two, clue number one. Founded in 1893. Clue number two. Connected to the first person to hit 61 home runs in a season. Clue number three. Connected to the third overall pick in the 1980 NBA draft. Clue number four has a total square area of 186.43 miles. Clue number five, estimated population of 15,855. This could get get dicey. Go ahead, Ben. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Well, you had to get that token wrong one in there early. So yeah, (laughs) committee is still not backing down. Blue number six. The city was built on the rich iron iron ore of the Masabi Iron Range. Ryan. Go ahead, Stephen Hawking. Hill Murray. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Five, four. Three, Matt. two, go ahead, Matt. Hibbing, Minnesota. Well, there we go, Matt. That is correct. What? Yes. Yes. Hibbing, we're, Minnesota. Yes, we have Roger the Maris uh, Roger Hibbing. Maris is from uh, Hibbing, Minnesota. And he was from North Dakota. And who was the uh, draft pick? Anybody know? Kevin McHale. There you go. Kevin yeah, that that one threw me because I was uh, I was thinking typically you think like baseball and so I'm in there and then you throw basketball in there I'm like what yeah, what right. in the world I, w- I was in North, I, isn't Maris from North Dakota Roger Maris go ahead and Google it in your Google Google machine there brother hey I think there's a website right got questions maybe you ask that question there we go yeah dot dot got questions or something com all right Matt's on the board. Ben with one, Matt with one. Here we go. Item number three, clue number one. Has a connection to the kingdom of the Netherlands. Clue number two. This sometimes includes voting. Clue number three. This is sometimes connected to education. 
clue number four. This is often found in conferences. Clue number five. It includes or implies special praise. Ryan. Clue, go ahead, Ryan. Honorable mention. That is correct. Good job, brother. Wow. Honorable mention, yes. That started in the Netherlands? Kingdom of the Netherlands, yes. It's a military award. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not tracking with that. All right. So we got Ryan on the board with one, Matt on the board with one, and Ben with one. Here we go. Item number four, clue number one. 50 years old. Clue number two. Found in New Orleans Square and Liberty Square. Clue number three. Debuted in 2003 and made over $182 million in the box office. Clue number four. This can be seen in Japan, California, and Florida. Clue number five includes a portrait gallery. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Hall of Mirrors. Good guess, but no, that is incorrect. All right, Ryan is out for this last clue, clue number six. This has inspired two similarly themed attractions, Phantom Manor and Mystic Manor, which exist in Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong Disneyland, respectively. Five. Go ahead, Ben. Haunted Mansion. That is correct. Ooh. That is correct. Oh, Haunted oh, Mansion. Man. Haunted Mansion. What? Yes. Have you been to uh, have you been to Disney 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 World? Florida? Yes. Okay. Yes. That? The Haunted Mansion is a big uh, exhibit there in the which one which which uh is it uh Universal? Or not universal, but uh, oh, what's yeah. that one? The what's the what's the movie one? Oh man, Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood Studios, yeah, Studios, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that haunted mansion. Yeah, that's a it's a it's it's really cool. It's a really cool ride. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, you start out, it's crazy. You start out in this circular room, and it it and they do something crazy, and it looks like the room is going down or twisting or. Mm-hmm. And it just throws you all off and you're really just sitting there not going anywhere, but it's just a big trick on your, on your head. So yeah, my, my youngest did not care for that ride at all. <laughs> <laughs> we were there a couple of years ago and he wanted out after about 20 seconds. How long is the ride? Oh, 
Yeah, you sit in the cart. A couple of minutes, or I mean, is it like a... Well, like Don said, you just all start standing in a room, and then you actually get onto a little um, car and ride. Once you get on that, you just ride through the ride. And that wasn't bad. It was just in that initial room that... Yeah. Youngest gotcha. Manager. So it it's really like, tosses you at first. And, it's like, yeah. if this is how it starts out, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Ben has two on the board now. Everybody but two, mm, one, one, and zero. Everybody but Matt, or I'm sorry, she, Jeremy has zero. Here I we go. Just, I would just like to point out that at the beginning of the last, um, set of clues uh, ryan was looking at his phone i don't know if anyone else noticed that the, the committee uh, will review for sure yeah, i'm a little concerned what what was the phone usage for pal well, i was you guys told me to look up roger maris and i was looking at roger <laughs> oh maris. sure so wow. he, i don't know what the clue was but it says he was born i don't know but i saw the clue backwards Florida. on your specs i don't know I, <laughs> yeah These spectacles so. might have given it away <laughs> They're gonna Don, review the tape. You, Don, can you check the clue? Was it was it did it just say he was connected to connected okay. to? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm so not now a crook, he'll man. The right I'm not thing. a crook. <laughs> well, at least you're clothed. All right, here we go. <laughs> Item number five, clue number one. Most commonly categorized by timing. Clue number two, are sometimes continuous. Clue number three, this can be classified as innocent or abnormal. Clue number four, this involves pumping. Clue number five, this is often checked. Clue number six, it may be a whooshing, swishing, or clicking noise, or an unusual noise made through a stethoscope. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Heart murmur. That is correct. I knew it was hard. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't think of what the M mm. one was. I was thinking heart malfunction, and I'm like, that's not it. Oh. All right. So we got Ben with two, Ryan with two, Matt with one. Heading down into our final. What are we on? Item number six. Mm-hmm. Item number six, clue number one. An attack plan for hackers. Literal, I'm sorry, clue number two. Literal meaning is rejoice or be glad. Clue number three. This was a normal greeting used in modern Greek.
Clue number four. The last prayer in Appendix 5 of the Roman Missal. Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Hail Mary. That is correct. Wow. I actually thought about that, but I thought there's no way. Hmm. All right. So we got now a three-way tie. Deuce is wild. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. Going into item number seven. Clue number one. Can be connected to illegal activity. Clue number two. This is sometimes used to stop leaks. Clue number three. This can be connected to extramarital affairs. Clue number four. Can be connected to obstruction of justice. Clue number five, this deals with silence. Clue number six. All right, go ahead, Ryan. Hush money. (laughs) That is correct. Oh, man. That's that's a little curious that you do that, but uh, <laughs> hazy, hazy, hazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, uh, tell us, everybody, hush money. What do you know about it? <laughs> that's I right. don't, I don't think uh, a Google uh, search is necessary. <laughs> let, let me check out answers quick. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Good job, Ryan. Good job. Uh, so Ryan's up now up to three. We've got one more item left to force a tiebreaker for item number eight, clue number one. Was built. Clue number two. Commonly seen in black and white. Clue number three includes bolts. Clue number four lives in Mockingbird Heights. Clue number five is married. To Lily. Clue number six. Depicted in this CBS comedy as the patriarch of the household and also is an entity. Ben. Go ahead, Ben. 
Oh, brother. Um, Four, three, two, one. Herman Munster. What's his last name? Herman. Oh, that's correct. Oh, it's must. HM. HM Munster. (laughs) Wow. I kept thinking Monster, but like that's not the last name. It's something else. That was the most generous time allotment I've ever seen. I pause for two seconds. And it's three, two, one. Ben, ben pauses for 10. Don's like five, four, it's three, two. I started. I started at four there. Review the tape. I started at four. I even gave you a second. Fix is in, Matt. Record it. Committee is, yeah, observing. So it's uh, it's all. Hey, Ryan, to be a friend, you have to show yourself as friendly every once in a while. <laughs> oh, <touché>. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, is that Proverbs 1824 coming at me? All right. Fair enough. Since you're you're a a good friend, Ben, I'm sure you'll just give this victory to me. We can call it good now. All right, so that forces our tiebreaker. (laughs) We've got Ryan and Ben in the tiebreaker. A three-clue tiebreaker using the same initials, HM. You understand that, Ryan, correct? I do. Can, where's Ryan's phone? That's what I. <laughs> Show me your hands, Ryan. <laughs> he just googled people's names that begin initials are HM. That's it. <laughs> right. There you go. Item number nine. Clue number one. This is again just for Ryan and Ben. Clue number one. This is often loud. Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Heavy metal. Oh, good job, Ben. Good job. That is correct. <laughs> Ryan, I can't believe you didn't get that. This is a music one. I queued it up right for you. Yeah, I mean, you, you slayed the uh, Amazing Grace last, last, last time, and you can't get heavy metal. Well, we called it. We called it. Like, Here we that's, go. Yeah, that's, that's it, right? Yeah. I'm going to need yeah. the phone records, uh, text text messages from Don to Ben and Ben to Don. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, initials yeah. game on 4921 will be used. Redacted. In 33. Redacted. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Another uh, tight one. Another tight one, man. These, these uh, are getting intense. All right. Good work. Good work, Ben. If, if it was legitimate, good work. Hey, I wasn't the one looking at my phone during the game. I just had to verify the, the background info on my boy Maris. So that's all. All right. Hey, let's, uh, let's switch topics here and move on to uh, calling your shot. And uh, so we think today about um, Mother's Day, I know sometimes we've grown up on some of the things that mom has, has made for us, or maybe it's a favorite treat our wives make for us, but let's think about something sweet and uh, let's identify our favorite desserts. So um, hopefully, hopefully you guys have thought about, maybe it's been a tough choice between a, two or three different options. I'm going to give one for both my wife and, and my mom that they, that they make. So let's uh, let's get this ball rolling here and start with Jeremy. Jeremy, what what is your favorite dessert? When you think 
of your sweet tooth, what is the one thing that comes to your mind first and foremost? Well, man, there, there, are, there are a lot to choose from. You know, there's, there's just, there's just good stuff all around. I guess my favorite right now is going to be homemade ice cream along with a right out of the oven apple pie, a caramel apple pie. It, it just, there's something about those two things, the warm crust, the warm apple, starting to cool down on the ice cream, melts the ice cream a little bit. You get the kind of slosh in between. Oh, I just, it's just good. I, I do have to say though, that my wife does make me often um, an applesauce cake, which is just a plain cake. It's, it's kind of like a carrot cake, right? But it's the main ingredient is applesauce and uh, with just this white frosting on it, cream cheese frosting, and I'll eat the whole thing. I'll slay that whole thing. It's, it's amazing. So one of those two would be my favorite treat. You, you eat the whole cake? Oh, that sounds terrible. Op applesauce cake? <laughs> it doesn't taste like applesauce. It tastes like spiced cake. It's amazing. Say, Don needed the Heimlich over there. I was like, I was and getting we, worried and about we just We just lost a listener because Don's all, with what my wife makes, man, she, she, she's not going to like that, Don. <laughs> so question. Sauce cake. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have nightmares. It's fantastic. I've heard of it. I, I don't know if I've ever tried it. I'm, I'm not gonna oh. judge it, but I'm just surprised he eats the whole thing. Don't your kids want any? Well, I mean, I'll I'll have like two or big big pieces. Okay. At a time. Yeah, my kids devour it. They they it if it's if it comes out of the oven and the frosting goes on it, it doesn't last. It doesn't last, but. 10, 20 minutes. That's it. It's gone. So yeah. Matt or Ben, have you heard of that before? No. Okay. No, no. I do have a question for you, Jeremy, though, like on that uh, apple pie a la mode, uh, yeah. have you ever tried a slice of cheddar cheese with that bad boy? Cheddar cheese, cheddar cheese, on, on apple pie the... in ice cream. Q Don's, you know, throw up. I, I don't think I don't which think one of, I would good. do that. Which one of you two live in Wisconsin? That's what I want. <laughs> no, exactly. Hey, <laughs> Scani has some has some redeeming qualities. Now really? they're few and far between, That's but yeah, they've, they've got they've got some, and yeah, cheese is one of them, no doubt. Oh man, well, I love Wonderful. cheese. But I, I don't think I I don't think I put it on next time. Try try, try that next time, and then shoot me a text, and you'll you'll thank me. Wait, what, cheese? Sorry, sorry, what was what type of cheese did you did you have this with? Cheddar. I mean, what was the kind of cheese? It was just cheddar. Cheddar. Craft singles. Applesauce cake. Or no, not craft singles. That type of. Is this a mild or a sharp? Nonsense. No. Mild or sharp? Uh, whatever yeah. your preference is. I okay. typically do mild. You lay the cheese right on the top. That's correct. Of the ice cream. Uh, typically of the pie, and the ice cream <laughs> will be next to it, and then you you put it all together. Have you guys ever seen ratatouille? Yes. You know, you know, take a tip from from ratatouille, the mix of the sweet and the salty and the savory, that's what makes it. Yeah. Wonderful. You, you Wonderful addition. Ma- you are well, the master of the sweet yeah, and salty. That's that right. is correct. I mean, if you were talking about salted caramel, I would be with you, but cheese and we'll apple slap pie. a piece yeah. of cheese on my apple pie, please. Let, let me know. Try it. Try it and let me know. Yeah, hey, if anybody's listening, comment guys, guys, on the Facebook page. Have you ever page. thrown sauerkraut on your cherry pie? It's amazing. <laughs> okay, it's 
Just okay. amazing. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. What good tips we provide. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, Ben, uh, pull us into some normalcy here. So this was very difficult for me. I like every dessert just about that's out there. So I created a list of 14 runners up and oh, then I'll get nice. to my number one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my. Oh, maybe not quite that bad. But we, don't, we don't have to work tomorrow. We're fine. Let's go. Yeah, yeah we're good. Just I mean, on. one of the worst days around here was when Baker Square went out of business in our community. So I can't go like pick from all. And there was a period of time where Perkins was closed also. So my storefront like pie purchases it it wrecked wrecked a few weeks for me there but wow yeah so um yeah th this was very difficult for me i guess a few honorable mentions would be i did love the the um uh, french silk pie from baker square i love that Solid. i have a friend who makes some really good fruit pies we have not ever tried it with cheddar cheese on it so i'll have to keep that in mind going forward um, love a blizzard, anything. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. My, but, um, and then just as an entire genre of desserts, all the Christmas cookies, I'll just take, I'll take all the Christmas cookies. It can be, <laughs> and we make these peanut butter cup ones that are one of my favorites. We make those every oh. year. We make some Norwegian traditional desserts with harnkaka and krumkaka and lefsa and all of those are delightful um and then another one so this will probably be the last one i'll mention here i, I won't go through my whole list of 14 but <laughs> <laughs> do you have it on like a file on your computer like oh let me see <laughs> uh so every year for my birthday my mom has made me the same cake since i was a little kid she still makes it to me today so on my yeah my 42nd birthday this year i still got the same cake from my mom so it's a, a chocolate chip like a white chocolate chip cake. And then it has this frosting on it. It's like a real light um, whipped kind of uh, vanilla flavored frosting. And then, and then just sprinkled chocolate chips on top. So it's pretty, it's not anything too, um, you know, wild or extravagant, but it's probably more nostalgia than everything. But just having had that same dessert for, I don't know, probably 35 years, it's, kind of fun every year to, to count on my cake. And, and here's the funny story about that. So this recipe for the frosting came from my aunt and I was talking with my cousin actually just a couple months ago and telling him about this frosting and how many times has his mom made it for him, which is where we got the recipe. And he said, he's never tasted that frosting in his entire life. He never even knew about it, never heard of it, but it was a recipe that she had given to my mom anyway. So yeah. That, that would probably be the, the one that I would mention along with, you know, the 47 other desserts that I love. Yeah, the I next just, time we have a reunion in Rochville, we gotta, we gotta be, you know. Well, it sounds like it's gotta be up. on his birthday though, for that to happen. Well, yeah, I'm game. If all that's there, let's do it. Yeah, yeah well, you go cool. right into, and we still have frozen Christmas cookies, so we can pull those out. We'll have the birthday cake. It'll be, yeah. it'll be great. And you've got some cheddar on the side for us. Yeah. <laughs> for, for well, whoever's coming through Wisconsin, just grab some cheddar and we'll be ready. 
Perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll bring some. Yeah. Bring those pizzas with you while you're at it. Jeremy. I will. Okay. I will. <laughs> We're going to do it this summer. We're getting together and I'm bringing them. It's hey. going to happen. Good. Let's move on to our good buddy, uh, Chef Boyar Cheddar, to see what he's got to <laughs> share with us. Yeah. I've only got like one option left. I think Ben listed, you know, 867. So, no, it's great. Um, my mom um, made a, a pistachio uh pistachio dessert i think it's just called like a pistachio type of cake but it's in like a nine by eleven pan um and it's just very moist cake there's a layer of uh, whoop cream on top and then there's like heath bar that is like chopped up and and put up on top It, it like literally you're like you wish everybody got sick after the meal except for you. So you could have the whole pan. You could eat the whole pan. Like you could like literally clean out the whole pan and not feel bad that anybody else didn't get any. Um, it, it, it was so good. Um, but then actually dad made some, I know it's mother's day, but, uh, dad made uh, something, a very simple thing called daddy's delight. Uh, and we enjoyed that as a, as a family. It's the, it's a uh, skippy extra, super crunchy peanut butter. And then just your like, uh, your Hershey chocolate syrup. And you put those two things together in a bowl and you microwave it up and it's some of the best topping on top of vanilla ice cream that you've ever had. Very simple, uh, very easy, but uh, yeah, we Ooh, always, that sounds, Andy that and sounds I always good. pine for daddy's delight. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I think I was in the keto kick and, and on keto, obviously you can't really have sugar. So you're looking for all these other options And Casey made a really, really good keto cheesecake. Uh, that was that, that just hit the spot in a, in a very solid way when you're like, on keto you think you can't really have anything sweet but there's uh there's some nice substitutes and she did a really nice job there so those would be my top hmm. three very nice all right don how about you before i close it out well man i had uh was thinking of uh what jeremy was saying about the pies and uh or who was saying about the pies and i and i don't know if i should i, sh- I should have thought of those because that harkens back to my days of uh, singing with the Faithful Men Quartet, and we would travel around, and I literally traveled around eating pie. That's what I did. That's what my job was. I, I <laughs> my second job was to sing bass, but the, my first job was to eat pie because these old <laughs> ladies would come with the best pies of all time. So I have to I have to give a shout out to those old ladies because man, they can bake some serious pie. I love. Yeah. I didn't. I I fell in love with pie. Uh, but uh, boy, I think. Um, Honorable mention has to go to my wife's box cake. My wife can make a, Jen can make the best box box cake I've ever had. I don't know what she does. I don't know. I don't think I want to know what she does because she does a little something different. And I don't know, because every time I go to the grocery store and I have to pick up a box cake, I don't know if it's Duncan Hines or Pillsbury. It's one of the two. I got to pick the right one because if I don't, if I come home with the wrong one, I'm got to turn around and go to get the right one um so i and i i get all excited and get flustered and forget what the actual one is and every time but it's it's i don't know what it is about these, these box cakes that she can make that she can whip up in, in in her kitchen aid but it's just i it's fantastic i can't i don't know what it is mm. about cake but um i think the tops for me jen makes a uh it's it's a it's a poppy seed almond bread oh and uh oh man oh that sounds great i don't know it's it's it ben it's it's like uh it's like an almond cookie only in bread form with yeah. a little sprinkling of poppy seeds it's oh just, my it's, goodness that sounds it's, like... it's just so good so moist and so sweet and goes perfect with a cup of coffee i just love it 
And I'm gonna hit, have to hit Culver's Caramel Cashew Crunch Sunday on the way home. This is <laughs> this is not good for me. Dicey, <laughs> dicey conversation piece here. Stimulating that that sweet tooth. Wow. <clears throat> well, um, I'll I'll close it out by just mentioning a couple. I guess in light of Mother's Day, I I know some of you guys like giving me jazz when it comes to my mom bringing me treats to college and then post college. But one thing she has consistently made over the years that I've grown to enjoy. And it's so funny, I'm such a clueless individual when it comes to names of these things, but I guess they're called scotcheroos. So um, you, you all know what I'm talking about. The, the so, yeah, yeah rice, rice crispy and yeah. Oh, yeah. the chocolate and peanut butter type thing. Right, right. Mm. So that, yeah. that's, that's probably my favorite thing that my mom makes. And it's funny, when I was first married to Aaron, I, I was trying to tell her, hey, do you know how to make these uh, Rice Krispie bars that are kind of peanut buttery with chocolate on it? She's like, what Wait a sec, what, talking about? Was that before the wedding? Was that like questions that were kind of leading up to the decision whether she would be the one or not? You know, I can't remember. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Little criteria. It's in the premarital counseling. Workbook. No pressure, honey, but you'll get this ring if you can make this I, dessert. Yeah, I, I hope it wasn't because I couldn't even give give her a proper name for what they're called. So that was that was terrible. So, yeah, and they're Scotcheroo, so they have more than just peanut butter and chocolate. They've got butterscotch somehow. I think maybe in the chocolate mix or the I, I don't even know where it goes. I don't know how to make them. So that would be my mom's dessert. And then Aaron makes this is a new a newer trend. Uh, I've got to say within the last six months, and thankfully I just requested them within the last week and a half, and she she made them again. I think for the third time. And what they are, uh, the bottom layer is brownies, the middle layer is marshmallow cream, and then on top mm. you've got rice crispy mixed with chocolate and peanut butter. I, I don't know, I, I don't know what they're called, extreme brownies or something, but they are fantastic. Uh, some of you are like me, you like that chocolate peanut butter combination. Throwing marshmallow, they're so rich though. What's nice is I can just take a little sliver and be fully content because I'm. I'm into portion control. I'm trying to keep a, a lean figure. And one of the keys is just not gorging on a bunch of bars at one time. So the, a rich dessert like that helps do the trick. So those are, those are my two. Fudge, fudge rounds. You can just pound, pound dead in two handers, right? You just two hand those both fudge rounds down your, down your throat. Right. Yeah. I, I do like I do like some fudge rounds and some um, star crunches, but I, I'm trying and, to and, yeah, and star crunches all day. So I mean, I, <laughs> the portion control thing is like a little. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's one box at a time, Jeremy. Portion <laughs> yeah, control. That's, that's right. And then you throw some kraut and cheese on it. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Ever, ever since jeremy told me about a month ago on the podcast i'd be the first one dead because of my little debbies i've tried to cut back a little bit of my little debbie intake so that was, that Dude, was you're, you're gonna outlive us all don't worry about it you're... you think so oh yeah i don't know what it is but you just have that kind of yeah, look. It, it's it's gonna happen the stephen hawking look <laughs> oh boy all right well hey uh i think it's time for ben with a feel-good story i think was it last week we talked about the coral reef or am i two weeks behind now yeah well we i don't think we had one we didn't, we didn't have have one last story. week yeah. oh yeah yeah okay so the most recent one was coral reef a couple of weeks so. ago so yeah. I'm, I'm eager to hear what's what's new on feel-good story can't wait <laughs> well i unfortunately i'm not going to go with the uh environmental aspect this year or this week i thought <laughs> 
perhaps we'd look for something a little more in the motherly realm since it's uh, Mother's Day weekend. And so uh, I thought this story was pretty inspiring. There's a, a woman in California. She has, for the last 34 years, been kind of an emergency foster mom. So she'll take little babies and a lot of time infants in for real short-term care while the mother is is you know dealing with something um, or part of the birth um, experience or whatever so she'll have them for just a short period of time but she has fostered in the last 34 years she's fostered 81 infants um wow yeah she's and she's just uh she's a a single foster mom um just has them in now she's a 78 year old foster mom and she still takes the the little ones when the uh, when, when they need her to, when they, when they call and, and for the ch- child and family services to ask her to, to foster another one. And, you know, it's just like, it's just, you know, it's amazing. She, there's some quotes in the story here about that, even though it's for a short time, she, you know, really grows attached to all these little kids and just the number of kids that she's had come in. She's had twins a few times and, and just a amazing story. And there's some, her first foster child um, now, now um, she's 37 and she still has kept in touch with this uh, woman who, who helped them out or helped took, took her in as a baby, this 37 year old. So even though it's for a short time, she's left a, a lasting impact on a lot of these kids and just kind of amazing that sacrificial um, attitude that she has and has really been a positive impact on just a ton of little kids out in in California where she lives. So I thought that was a pretty cool uplifting story for us today. Hmm. Yeah. That's fostering's awesome. uh yeah, just a great thing. Jeremy, that is that, that's how your three that you ended up adopting. Did you foster them first? Yeah, we, we had them as foster kids and, and um, we had, we had both two, our two girls, we had pretty much from right from the hospital. Hmm. Um, so we, we've been down that route. In fact, um, we've had we've had that happen a couple of times where where we've had kids babies right from the hospital, and you're right. There's there's sometimes a real short uh, turnaround to that, and in some cases that's a good thing. In some cases, um, there's a short turnaround, um, but it's because the 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 baby is going to go to more of a longer longer term place where where. Um, it's a, it's the best fit. So yeah, those intermediary people, you, you have, you have to have a special gear for that. Um, because man, oh man, oh man, does it hit you emotionally? Um, it, it's not so much right during the time. It's just afterwards. It's, it's when, you know, the child is, is going somewhere else. Um, you, you definitely go through a sense of trauma, uh, and grief and, and loss, which is a unique thing because it's supposed to be this help, you know, help, season and, and happy time, um, or at least somewhat of a joyful time, but yeah, uh, I'll expand on that some, maybe sometime during, you know, later podcast, but, um, there's a lot wrapped up in that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a unique experience. So man, kudos to that brave woman. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's awesome stuff. Cool. Let's, uh, let's transition into fix your eyes. We, uh, we kind of queued up and uh, learned a little bit about uh, some of our, uh, how we grew up and then how we feel now about alcohol and the believer uh, last episode. And uh, in this one, in this episode, we're just going to take a look, look at a couple Bible passages and maybe make a comment or two uh, on these three Bible passages. Um, 
and uh, and then just give a give a thought, and then actually we're going to transition the next episode. Uh, will kind of be like, how do we apply uh, these thoughts, especially with whether it's culturally or in relationships? How do we how do we apply um, our thoughts there? And I, I think that'll be interesting getting the application of it next week. But um, we're going to take a look at three passages of scripture. The first one actually is uh, I don't have a, a scripture reference necessarily, but you guys are all familiar with it. It's uh, Jesus's first miracle. He turns water into wine at the uh, at the wedding in Cana. Um, so the, I guess the question I'll pose to the group and we'll just have a couple guys answer. Um, if Jesus made, you know, transition water into wine, which, uh, you know, which obviously no wine's got a little bit of alcohol, then what could be wrong with, with alcohol then? Well, you know, I love this, that Jesus, first miracle, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. The dude knew how to party. <laughs> 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 right you're shaking your head you don't you don't think you could throw a good party are you throwing you up an think, amen there ryan you well, don't think jesus could throw a good party hey, come on man hey ryan the I th- the details I of that story take that bush all right the details of that story he made the it was the best tasting wine that he when he made the miracle better than any wine they'd had during the whole rest of the feast <laughs> i don't doubt it i don't doubt it that guy's coming over my next party he's on my invite list yeah, you know, I love. Who's on uh, your invite list? Jesus or me? I, I... I'll give you one try at the guess of it. Yeah. Guess <laughs> All right. No, I like. Uh, I like. I, I don't. Know, I just. I think. Um, what What was your question, Matt? <laughs> so the question is, if if Jesus, you know, turned water into wine, which had probably had some alcohol in it. Well, then what's wrong with alcohol? Like, why do, why is there other passages of scripture we'll get to that give us warnings there? Like, it seems a little bit odd that he would kind of put this thing that seems a little bit contradictory. I'll, I'll tell you my, I'll tell you my, my take on it. I don't think that Jesus made an alcoholic wine for this reason. If he had made an alcoholic wine, then those who participated in that drinking at the party or whatever, and, and could have become drunk, then he would have participated and aided in that and led them down at that, that road to, to sin if it was truly a, a, a wine that would intoxicate to a level that was drunk, drunkenness. Uh, and so I, I, I personally don't, don't think it was an intoxicating wine, um, but the argument that I've heard from all over the place is, well, what, what, what kind of wine was it? What, what, what did it taste like? Was it grape juice? Wasn't it? You know, what was the content? What, what were those things? And to be honest with you, I don't think you can answer that question because it was a long time ago and they had different practices. And today we do things in distilleries and other places that, and with the, the sugars and other things that we put into those things uh, or, or however they make wine. I just, I, I don't think that it's, we're talking, you know, the same, the same thing. I, I just, I don't see that. And I definitely do not see the principle the precedent that Jesus leads people to sin. So for me, it's an easy, it's an easy answer. Uh, and I don't, I don't trip over that. I, I, I don't think there's anything to, to dabble in uh, with that. I do think this, that there are people that will use this um, as a Christian liberty passage and, and make this a very, very, you know, um, wide open discussion and, and use it in that, in that regard. Um, I, I think they're, I think they're missing some of the point there. Um, and uh, that's just my, that's just mm. my thought. 
You know, Jeremy, I, I've heard that argument a lot, especially growing up. I heard that argument that uh, the alcohol that, uh, or the wine, I should say, that was was produced or present in the Bible times may not have been alcoholic or may have been really, you know, diluted compared Water to down what, or right or down right. what we have. But I would combat that with, if that was the case, then why is drunkenness so much uh, uh, talked about in the Bible? I mean, the Bible is constantly telling us that being drunk with wine or, you know, not, I won't say constantly, but I mean, we know that there are passages that I think Matt's going to refer to, 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 to um, on this podcast that obviously there are, there were, there was, there was some type of alcohol or something in this wine that obviously that made people, um, you know, inhibit, inhibited with, with, you know, whether it be drunkenness. And, and so I think I just, I just can't buy into that. Um, um, thinking that, you know, oh, well, back in Bible times, it wasn't as, it wasn't as, you know, potent or there wasn't as much alcohol. I think, I think, you know, and I'm not saying that what, you know, what Jesus Christ first miracle had, you know, 40% volume you know, alcohol content uh, in, in his miracle. But I'm just saying, you know, I think that um, to say that, you know, alcohol was a different, is a different animal back then. I think is not, I don't think is very uh, accurate. I would just argue against that. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I don't see how there is a, a feasible way to test that at all. Right. And right. so You're I think right. both, sides, so both sides are left to go, but we really don't know. You're right. And so, I, I, so it, it could have been. Here's what I, here's what I honestly think. If there, were, if there was alcohol, which there could have been, I'll, I'll say that. I think somebody could have drank that whole barrel or that whole wine skin and they wouldn't have been intoxicated. That that's so, so it could have had a, a alcoholic, you know, fermentation going on or whatever the case may be fine. I, I just do not, do not see how, how Jesus could make that. And then somebody go get drunk and then something happened because of the miracle that he did there. I, I just don't see the connection there. And so maybe I'm short-sighted on that. Maybe I just don't understand, you know, all the details of that. Um, but you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with not knowing. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, to argue that. Yes. I am matter of fact, dogmatically certain that there is, that there is no alcohol content. I just know that God would not allow Jesus to lead somebody to a sinful act through that, through that first miracle or any of his miracles or any of his ministry. Um, he was calling people to himself and, and hearing the gospel, the good news. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to add on to that. As I mentioned last week, I am, I am opposed to alcohol. I don't think it's good for believers to be involved with alcohol. I mentioned that at the end of last week. And I'll just add a little historical perspective. And um, this was really drawn out by a message I heard um, by my pastor within the last year or two. Um, you all, I don't know if any of you took the class intertestamental period with me at Pillsbury or not, but if you did, you were to meet a couple of brothers named the Maccabees. And so there are actually some historical writings um, in, in their name. So, and these are not biblical books. So they're not inspired by the, by the Holy Spirit. But there's uh, an interesting passage in 2 Maccabees 15, 39. It says, wine and water alone are not good. 
So what Jeremy was saying, and my understanding now is, as I've heard a little bit more, studied a little bit more, there was a mixture um, of water and wine back in biblical times. And the wine, the alcohol would actually serve as a purifier um, to the water because the water could be very dangerous, was not always sanitary. So that alcohol helped to purify the water. I don't know what the proportion was at three parts, four parts to one, eight parts. I don't know. But I, I have a hard time looking at the book of Proverbs with all the caution against alcohol, strong drink within the book of Proverbs. And then Jesus lighting up a bunch of pots, barrels full of, of wine uh, that is strong drink. I, I just have a hard time seeing that. I, and you can, you can cherry pick various passages that might bring it into a positive light. I just don't think the alcohol today um, is anywhere near what we're talking about in biblical times. Uh, in terms of what God, it's there, right? God created grapes to ultimately uh, ferment and uh, be, become this this wine and, and alcohol, I should say. Um, and so there's there's a cautionary line. So like Jeremy said, we, we don't know exactly what it is. I just can't see the cautionary point of view from the Old Testament translating into Jesus' first miracle, allowing everybody to be set up to get drunk. Yeah, right. I just say it's always interesting when we try to, I'll, I'll try to go quick here, Matt, sorry, but um, <clears throat> I think it it's always in, perhaps a little dangerous to try to interpret the Bible through today's culture, right? You know, so I think the way we view things, even in the United States versus other cultures from around the, around the world or even around the country of the, you know, the U.S., there's cultural um, aspects to alcohol that impact how we may interpret some of these passages. And I think, Ryan, you also alluded to, you know, we, we've got to take the context of the, try to take the context of the Bible as a whole when we're interpreting these things. Yeah, I mean, my take is, I, I probably lean a little bit more towards Don's side because whatever, back in the culture of the Jewish times at these weddings, the the wine, the alcohol, it wasn't a thing. Like it wasn't a stigma. It was just what you did. It was part of a wedding celebration. So what Jesus, the miracle where he would have turned water to wine, it wasn't controversial. It was looked at like, I can't believe he made the best wine we've ever tasted. Um, and, you know, and it's really weird that you save the best wine for last, right? That's part of the other uh, part of the telling of the miracle. So um, yeah, it, I just, I, you know, I don't think we can know for sure exactly what it was like. Um, you know, I think we have some ideas when we talk about, um, that the water wasn't always sanitary, that there was, I think like very likely alcoholic, some alcoholic content to the wine or to the things like that. But I just think it's always, it's always difficult when we try to understand the Bible and look at it just through today's culture and our lens of today. That's all I was going to add. Yeah, good. Real good discussion there. Uh, let's turn attention to uh, Ephesians 5. So this is, a, I think, a passage that we talked about a little bit during sanctification, but um, there is a link to, uh, there's a direct call out to wine and a comparison, actually. Just in Ephesians 5.18, it says, do not get drunk with, with, with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So uh, what do you guys think as far as uh, that comparison where it's, it's talking about getting drunk with wine and then filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, what does that uh, call out as, a, as far as it relates to alcohol? 
I'll say this. So if I can, I'll jump in first. Um, so in, in a kind of a Bible study I've been doing with, with some others from our church, we've been going through um, first and second Timothy. I'm just looking at all the um, teachings there and what Paul was trying to tell Timothy. And there's a whole lot of it about reputation, about what your reputation's like in the community. What's, what's your, what's Timothy's reputation? What's the church's reputation? And I think there may be some parallels there to this where, you know, is your reputation kind of that, um, you know, debauchery or you're known as the partier or you're known as the, you know, the, the guy or, or gal that really, you know, likes to have a drink and do some things like that. Or, or is your reputation a little more geared towards, are you, showing some of those fruits of the spirit, being filled with the spirit, having self-control, having things like that. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't take it to mean don't have a drink. I, I like I said last week, I, I think, I think that's okay. Um, based on my understanding and people that are, are smarter. And I would say more spiritual than me, what, what kind of the studies we've done on things, but I, I just think it has maybe a bit to do with reputation about, you know, what, what's, kind of what's your MO as you are, how you're known amongst other people. That, that would be my take. So one of the, one of the thoughts I had here is that I think the question that I would ask is, is who is a better master? Um, you know, with, is it the Holy spirit or is it this wine that there, this drunkenness that, that takes over? Um, and I think the comparison here is, you know, you could even, you can even maybe flip the words around a little bit. Do not get drunk. Do not get filled with wine. Don't be controlled with wine for that is a botchery, but, you know, be filled up, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So I think it's a comparison, you know, and it's just a simple question, you know, why would you allow alcohol to dominate your um, decision-making mind, you know, ability to, to do a lot, a number of things. Uh, when you have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy spirit, you know, why would you give that ability away to, to, to drunkenness, which, which leads to debauchery. Um, so I think it's just, it's that simple comparison and that, that, uh, that, that is helpful there. Let me, let me just jump in real quick. I, I've, I've preached through Ephesians a couple of times and I've, I've studied this out and, and really that, that, that portion, I, I believe Paul is using to talk about the Ephesian culture because the, 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 the culture in Ephesus was, it was, it was, it was awful. They would, they equated somehow through their, their addition of gods. They had a pluralism in their, in their worship. So they, they would add gods and not subtract them. They didn't see God as exclusive they saw the need to kind of include all these gods. And with these gods came these practices and rituals. And one of the things that Paul talks about is the fact that, you know, they or what what we know about the, the city of and, and the city of Ephesus and the people that they would they would be engaging in these drunken orgies because one of the gods' worship demanded that. And that was a way to be spiritual. So they mm. equated sensuality and drunkenness with some type of spirituality. They were all seeking to be spiritual. However, the flesh combined with that really confused them in a way that, I mean, who would want to get out of that? If you were 
feeling unbelievable because you were drunk, unbelievable because you were having sex and you had it all and you were required to do this and it was something that was just culturally acceptable, you didn't have to go looking for an affair. You didn't have to go, I mean, you could satisfy yourself in all kinds of ways. And Paul in chapter four starts with a very clear directive and says, uh, look, <laughs> you need to walk worthy of your calling. Chapter five, he says, imitate me. And, and he says, um, to, to read the first verse, he says, follow God's example, therefore, uh, dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, that fragrant offering. And he goes on to speak of the unity of, of the body in chapter four and alludes to that in chapter five. I think he's saying in the cultural context, look, you guys know what it's like to be filled with all this other junk. You must be filled with Christ. And the picture of that, in my mind, is, is where that rests. To be filled with the Spirit, like you were trying to be filling yourself with all this other junk. Um, and I think you can use that in different arguments in different ways. I'm not saying that this is the only exegetical way to, to interpret that, but I think it's a valid one. Yeah, Jeremy, thanks for providing the context there. Very helpful um, with Ephesus and such. I think that was good. Uh, moving on, a uh, little bit longer passage in Proverbs, but I think it's important. We'll close with this one. Uh, Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35. It says, who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. So just kind of throw that out there. It's, it's kind of odd after listing all these things, these negative things that happen, the, the person who is, is an alcoholic says, hey, when can I have another drink? What, what does that tell us from a warning side about, about the dangers of alcohol? Wrote that, who wrote that uh, passage? Is it David or Solomon? Do we know? Mm, I, I did not see who wrote uh, Proverbs 23. I can mm. look it up while yeah. you're talking. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, I think whoever it was, I think has a very clear understanding of the grip alcohol can have when they wrote that and penned that. Uh, because um, that's what it can do. I mean, it it fills a void. It fills... I, <laughs> growing up, I never understood why someone would be alcoholic. I never understood why someone would be addicted to drugs. I never understood the allure. I never understood it. But having gone now 40... Seven, 46, I can't remember, <laughs> 47, six years. Uh, I get it. I get it now. I get that there is, if there is anything out there when you are in the darkest place that can fill that void, can make you forget something, can make you um, just for a moment relieve you of that pain that you're going through, you are going to do it. 
you're going to take it. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. Um, you are going to take it. And obviously, um, you know, having that passage uh, read and saying, going right back to it, it's, 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 it's a, it's a potent um, uh, addiction that, that has complete and utter control over you. And because of that, you are willing to um, throw away everything. You are willing to sacrifice everything. You are willing to, if it's just for 25 minutes, if it's just for 15 minutes to experience something that is departed from what you are feeling at that moment and you're willing to do it. And I think that that, whoever wrote that, I think understood that when he was writing that. I think, I think done too, even the temptation that's attached to that too, you know, because the temptation wages war as well, you know, and that, that's a mm -hmm. hard thing to, to just, you know, get away from and, and to walk away from. Um, and, and that can be, that can be just as, as difficult, which even leads to more maybe why, you know, you, you, people just take, take that drink and, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna do it for a little while. And then that's it. Um, I, I watched an interview with Brett Favre on full measure. I don't know if anybody watched that, but they basically asked him when he was taking all those pain pills and all the other things that were taking place, they were asking him, you know, what, why were you doing that? And he said the same thing. It was like, when you were reading that, I was like, you know what? That's exactly what he said. He's like, I just wanted to get rid of, of the, the, the game for a while. I wanted to get rid of the pain. And he was going from, you know, a couple pills, to like, I need like 16 or 18 pills a day this guy was on. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of opioids. And, uh, you know, again, I've not, I've not had to walk that battle, but it, you're right. The grip is there and it is just consuming for some people. And unfortunately, it, it bites uh, people and takes them out of their families, and out of their homes and, and completely destroys their life. And... Um, Man, thankful that thankful that God and His grace allows us to make wise and and discerning judgments and and calls us out of that gives us gives us relief from that temptation or or provides us a wife or somebody who is worth the accountability to uh, to stop and to not to not deal with that anymore. Um, which which God is gracious in, in providing in, in many people. It. It, I've heard it uh, expressed this way. It, it offers the addict a little hope in the, a hopeless world. Mm. You know, it can really, um, it can, you know, it's just something there that that's, you know, just alluring and has that, uh, has that 15, 20 minute kick that can give you what you need. But of course it doesn't, you know, it doesn't satisfy. Nothing satisfies unless it's, unless it's uh, the blood of Christ though. So. Yeah. And I just want to say, I think last week when we introduced this topic, I think all of us acknowledged that nowhere does the Bible say having a drink of alcohol is a sin. But I think when you read a passage like this in Proverbs 23, you've got to recognize the potency that alcohol has. And is, is it a matter of, um, I know we used to joke around in college being goofy guys like hey you want to do something risky is it a matter of risk getting involved with alcohol is it a, me is it a measure of wisdom needed when dealing with alcohol i mean 
uh, just another thing that Proverbs talks about, there's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs, but think about hanging out with a fool. You know, I don't know if there's a point in Proverbs where the writer says, you, you sin if you spend any time with a fool, but there's continual cautions against, hey, this is what's going to happen if you're going to hang out with fools. This is what's going to happen. You know, you're going to run into all this despair. And that's the picture it paints of alcohol. Um, and and I, I think it's a stern warning. And for us, maybe not as risky. Um, it's, it's good to just say, I'm not, I'm not going to risk it for whatever reason. And I'm going to play it safe. And I, I, that's, that's the route I'm, I'm trying to, uh, trying to stay on. And um, I, I really appreciate hearing from you guys, because, you know, we haven't even talked about the stumbling block issue that much. But I mean, you, you guys are some of my closest friends in the world. And our discussion last week, I, I don't know where all of you stood on these things. And if, if some of you are fine with social drinking, I wouldn't know that you have not, that stumbling block issue has not been an issue, right? In terms of our relationship. So um, I, I, I do appreciate that. So I don't know, is it, is it me because I'm a more cautious per- person by nature? Um, or uh, I, I'm just trying to figure out the line between a, a person's perspective, cautious versus risky, and what is wise according to the Proverbs. And I think, I think, you know, just to um, also that I think if there's just so many Christians out there that, that, you know, and we're kind of doing the same thing. We're, we're kind of responsible for the same thing of, of quick answering a, a yes or no, is it right or wrong? And, and I think that it can, you know, um, you know, present, you know, the, the advocacy of drinking alcohol in, in almost like a cavalier way. And I don't think we're doing that here, but um, I think it's, um, you know, because we all know and we all would agree that just moderate drinking can lead to, you know, can lead to alcoholism. A little drinking can lead to alcoholism. We all would agree with that, I, I would think. And, um, and so, I don't know, I just, I just it's, think it's, that- It's interesting because you, you sorry, Don, I, I, no, my, my connection was chopping up. I, I cut you off. Um, you look at the Nazarite vow and then you go into the passages in the New Testament that talk about offices of the deacons and the pastor. And um, there's a stricter call for these people who are, are they even more set aside to the work of the Lord in terms of what they're, what they're, Hey, this is your expectation when it comes to alcohol. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be dealing with it. Right. Or given to it. And that's the language used for these people who were in a sense more set aside for the work of the Lord. So I, I find that interesting too. Sorry, Dom. No, some, some great feedback. I think uh, the, the, obviously the, the Bible's got even more to say on that, but just walking through those three passages, uh, uh, definitely a large amount of caution should be given. I think, I think we would all agree when, when dealing with alcohol. Um, and uh, I think it's good. And again, in the next episode, we will talk about how do we apply this uh, culturally in relationships? Uh, Ryan, you, you talked about it from a stumbling block perspective. You know, how do we not only say what's right for us individually, but as we go out to get togethers and to celebrations and to weddings and to uh, get togethers, um, you know, how, how do we apply that uh, so we can be living in a manner worthy uh, of our calling? So uh, definitely some good discussion there. Well, that is a wrap on episode 33 on this, the ninth day of May, year of our Lord, 2021. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. 
Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.